Hello, and welcome to the Skeleton Factory Podcast, episode 12. This is Adam coming to you from Austin, Texas. And today we're going to do things a little bit differently. Uh, The episode itself has already been recorded. It was recorded a few days ago, and it was recorded um, by an old friend of mine. Uh, We go way back. We just reconnected just recently. We were roommates, and we were in a band together, and we were homies way back when. And um, Yes, and I I ended up recording this episode at uh, his his podcasting studio here in Austin, Texas. And um, my buddy Matt Cooper uh, was, yeah, he was kind enough to... uh, let me use this studio for the evening. And we sat around and I got horribly drunk. I hope it doesn't uh, come through too obviously in the episode. But um, Mr. Matt Cooper has a wonderful history podcast called Iconoblast Podcast. You can find them on Instagram. You can also find them on YouTube at Drinking Bros history that's drinking without a g bros as in bros and history as in history drinking bros history they're on youtube they do shows quite often and they cover the spectrum from talking about julius caesar talking about john mcafee che guevara and the list goes on and on and on but i had a really good time I really appreciate uh, him having me in. Uh, it was nice to sit there and have someone else record <laughs> record the show while I just kind of sit back and rant. So, yes, that's going to be the episode you're going to be hearing um, coming up here in a second. And so if you hear me yelling off mic to somebody, I'm yelling at, my, uh, at Matt. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, The actual episode itself didn't have a a very, very clear theme. I just kind of rolled with it. And um, really, it it became an episode of a a bunch of movies I I watched last week that sort of sucked. (laughs) When you watch as many movies as I do, eventually you'll run into just a string of bad movies. You'll just... You'll have a losing streak. You'll just have one piece of shit movie after another. And, um, uh, I mean, they weren't all pieces of shit. They were, just, you know, they varied in quality, let's say. That's probably a better way to put it. I watched a bunch of movies that varied in quality. And um, I basically just go on a tangent of <laughs> just panning these poor films. But I had a really good time doing it anyways. Um the next episode, um, let's see, this is episode 12, so episode 13, I'm going to do a, a special episode given the events recently of a former singer of one of my favorite bands of all time, Turbo Negro, fantastic punk rock, rock and roll band from Norway. They're... Uh, a band that's still active to this day, but their original singer, 
Um, Hank Von Helveter, later referred to as Hank Von Hell, born Hans Eric Divik Husby. He died on November 19th, and uh, he was 49 years old. And, uh, you know, it's, it's weird. When a celebrity dies, you can't really gauge how you feel about it, and most of the time I don't feel much but every once in a while someone dies and it's like i'm actually kind of shocked like I, I think the last time that really happened was probably uh, uh rocky erickson when rocky erickson died it, it, I, I was i was really taken aback and um you know even when like david bowie died i was i was pretty shocked but Huge Turbo Negro fan. Um, the episode I'm going to cover two documentaries that were um, two Turbo Negro documentaries uh, exist. One was done in the late '90s during their sort of heyday, and the second one was done a few years later after the band sort of broke up. Their singer was institutionalized and went into drug recovery. And once he got cleaned up, he um, rejoined the band and they wrote uh, the uh, Party Animals album, which is when I got to see them on tour in Los Angeles. And it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Top two or three best shows I've ever seen. So, um, yeah, that was a big part of my early 20s is going to see Turbo Negro over in... uh, in Hollywood at the House of Blues. That was pretty cool. So I'm going to do an episode about that uh, next episode. So you can have that to look forward to. And if you never heard of Turbo Negro at all, you know, you know, maybe uh, it'll sound, uh, there'll be a band that maybe you'll want to check out. They're a very solid band and they, you know, they have a pretty good eclectic mix of rock stylings um, over the years. They're kind of like Pink Floyd that way, I guess. (laughs) I don't don't know. I can't think of a good comparison, but... Mm, Yeah, so... But uh, this episode, it's basically me going on a a completely drunken rant with with an old friend I reunited with, and um, I hope you enjoy it. So I'm going to throw it to the episode now. Enjoy. Okay, I probably brought this up before, but I have to bring it up again because it's so good. It's it's um, the Canadian television show Kenny vs. Spenny, which I watch every week. Like, I fit that in somewhere because I just... I'll ultimately start talking about... Um, or, or ultimately just start watching something, and then I'll hate it, or I'll get bored... And then I'll stop watching it. And then I'll go watch Kenny versus Spinney instead. It's sort of, it's sort of like my, it's, it's like this, it's weird, this weird purgatory in my mind where it's, it's a waiting room where I'm like, okay, what's the next thing I'm going to watch instead? Because I mean, I've watched things that people would be fucking flabbergasted that I'm just like, yeah, I watched that and I didn't like it. So I stopped watching it. Are you ready to hear the lists? Of things that I tried to watch that nobody. Oh my god! Okay, 
Uh, I'm gonna start off with a, a big, a big thing. Game of Thrones. I watched four episodes and I was like, "Fuck this, it's fucking retarded." It's like, look, if I wanted incest, I'd watch a fucking Korean film, okay? If I wanted swords and sorceries and magic and shit, I'd watch Conan the Barbarian. I'd watch fucking Willow. I'd watch Fire and Ice. Okay, you people are. This is another example of nerd appropriation of shit. It's like now that everyone has multi-billion dollar budgets and hot actors to fucking play people, it's like, it's like, no. It's like, I'm not. Have you seen George R.R. R. Martin? You know what that guy looks like? He looks like who the people who actually read fucking whatever the, uh, what's, what's his fucking show called? Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's, that's who they look like, okay? Fat, sweaty guys with Crypt Keeper hair. With Gene Simmons hair. That's what they look like. Okay? It's it's not sleek, hot people. Okay? It's... I grew up with all this shit. And people would say, well, well, there's more. There's more. There's more fantasy. No. No, there's no more fantasy stuff that I can fit into my brain. You know? It was... Um, could you imagine? Could you imagine a... Okay, what was it? Uh, 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 like Conan the Barbarian is a very good example. Conan the Barbarian is a very good example because Robert E. Howard wrote that shit during the fucking, between the First and Second World War. Okay? Like, Conan is old as fuck. And you can't, you can't, who, who are you going to get? You got to get, let's get Rome, how about, how about this? Let's remake Conan the Barbarian. Let's get Roman Reigns from WWE to get on film and say, uh, 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 Conan, what is best in life? To uh, uh, to uh, to, to uh, crush your enemy, see him driven before you, and hear the lamentations of the women. You would, he would that cocksucker would be fucking canceled. He wouldn't have a wrestling career. He works for a multi-billion-dollar like public company. That's what WWE is now. When I fucking grew up, wrestling was. Uh, I totally recommend people watch uh, Dark Side of the Ring. It's the only thing worth fucking watching on Vice. Vice is a fucking commie shithole network that used to be a really cool fucking magazine because, are you ready? Because Gavin McGinnis was in charge of it. <sighs> Spicy. Get over it. It's, it's, Dark Side of the Ring is an absolutely fantastic fucking television show. And it's basically if, Unsolved Mysteries was about nothing but pro wrestling from the 80s. It's fucking sensational. It's so good. It's so... Because so much fucked up shit happened in old school pro wrestling. Because you're dealing with circus performers. You're dealing with carnies. You're dealing with crazy people. Jacked steroid on cocaine. Violent crazy people who cannot fucking assimilate into any other fucking anything. They're not going to get a job of fucking Craig uh, 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 and Auto Parts. Most wrestlers never even became fucking actors. You would think of all fucking professions, big jacked dudes with mullets would get more work in the fucking 80s and 90s. And it was, no. It was a very, very small handful. You had Rowdy Rowdy Piper. You had fucking Hulk Hogan. Who else did you have? Like anyone of note? Can't even really think of anyone to know. You have randos. You had fucking The Undertaker was in Suburban Commando. But he didn't have any fucking speaking. He didn't have a speaking role. 
You know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's like we need to get back, and and you know what? And I and I think this is a generational thing. We need to get back to like Game of Thrones. They need to remake Game of Thrones. That's the most ballsy throw your cock on the table move you could possibly do. Be like, guess what, everybody? Next season we're remaking Game of Thrones. How about that? We're, re- we're remaking it. And guess what? The six books, we're going to condense it down. And I don't know how many seasons there were. Do you know how many seasons there were? Off-camera guy? Um, eight? There was eight seasons? Let's just say there were eight seasons. Okay, so it was an, it was an even number that's less than ten. Let's just say eight. There's eight seasons. They're like, we're going to remake Game of Thrones. It's going to be four seasons. Same six books, four seasons. That's what we're going to fucking do. You know how fucking psychotic that would be? It'd be like if every season of 24 was one season. You're just like, oh my God, it's so much murder. Constantly. That's what it should be. But you need to not hire fucking uh, actors who uh, could be uh, uh, um, underwear models for Zara. You ne- what you need is guys on steroids let me okay let me give a list of guys who can be hired who are pro- would probably be surprisingly good actors who look fucking physically imposing and they have the mystique you need to have the mystique of somebody who is a fucking legit fucking ass kicker uh uh there there's a MMA fighter named Josh Barnett who actually has done pro wrestling in Japan he has his own fucking organization you know Josh Barnett you cunt. How come you don't have any of his fucking whiskey here? He's supposed to be a guest on our show. I'm going to be on that episode. We're flying him to Austin. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> We're just waiting for it to open up. I'm a stuff. giant Josh Barnett fan. He's a fucking giant metalhead. He's into fucking anime. He's into manga. He's into fucking... The person that ever recognized this, act, this tattoo. Uh, is Speed Racer? Commander Keen. Jesus Christ. Of course he would know that. Put Josh Barnett in movies, like for real, because I I know there's a I've seen fucking I've seen yeah I mean I know there's fucking pro wrestlers but in movies and shit nowadays but I'm like no you need to get the biggest scariest fucking guys and put them in movies okay you need to have them you need to have movies if you're gonna have movies where there's physically imposing people the era of like Neo from the fucking Matrix. And fucking, uh, I don't know. I don't know. No more skinny dudes. That's over with. You need gnarly, thick-necked, muscular, veiny, oily men. Okay, there's that. Frank Frazetta made a whole fucking career based on that. Okay? He didn't make some skinny guy standing on top of a mountain holding an axe and then like a description at the bottom like it's a Norman Rockwell painting being like, oh, you don't know. This guy has a black belt in jujitsu and uh, is really good at throwing stars. It's like no one gives a shit. You need to have somebody who has a commanding presence, somebody who fills a doorway. That's what we. That's what movies need to be. That's what fucking Game of Thrones need to be. You need steroided women with big clits wearing armor. You know, you know what I mean? That's what you need. You need men who can grow mustaches and beards for real. That's what you actually need. 
like, tell me I'm wrong, okay? You need breast implants. You need cocaine. You need all of those things. And, you know, okay, I've talked about Game of Thrones too long, but you get my point. Um, what else? Um, Twin Peaks, the third season of Twin Peaks. And I love Twin Peaks. I love the first season and I love the second season. And third season came out, and I know that it's like David Lynch got all the fucking room he needed to make exactly what he wanted to make and make it as weird and as fucked and as long and as, as he possibly wanted. But, like, I watched half the season probably, and I just kind of checked out. Now, that could be because I was smoking too much weed and wasn't sleeping much and... I don't know. It's probably a variety of things. I'm willing to revisit Twin Peaks because I respect David Lynch. But, like, I didn't, are you ready for this? You want to hear something recent? I didn't watch fucking Dune. How about, how about this? You ready for this? Fuck Dune. How about that? I'm not going to watch it. I'm Team David Lynch. I already saw Dune. You're all, again, you fucking nerd-appropriating cocksuckers. I already saw fucking Dune. Okay? I saw it a long time ago. Starring Kyle MacLachlan. And fucking, uh, uh, and, uh, Jurgen Prochnow, okay, from, uh, what was he in? He was in, uh, Das Boot. What else was he in? He was in, uh, he was, he was Sutter Kane and In the Mouth of Madness, a fucking absolutely awesome John Carpenter movie, okay? I've, right? We, I, we're not, I'm not rewatching Dune. You wanna know why? You really wanna know why I'm not going to watch fucking Dune? Here's the actual reason, and it's going to blow your mind. It's so – it's going to give you an insight to the level of pettiness that I have in my mind, okay? And I'm not saying it's right. Um, you know, here's why. I'm not going to watch a movie start with Zendaya in it. I'm not. Fuck you in your fucking first name only nonsense. Fuck. It's like you're a, you're a less attractive Michelle Rodriguez. Like you're just another dead-faced – like it's like it's like you think your dead face is gonna carry you through a fucking career, okay? You're not Michelle Rodriguez, first of all. It's like, you know what I mean? Like I find Judy Dench more fucking uh, appealing than Zendaya. And I tried watching that piece of shit fucking television show. What was it called? It was called the the one where everyone's doing drugs and raping each other. What was it? Um, you know what I'm talking about? It was a show with Zendaya in it. I tried watching that. It's horrible. I don't remember the name of it, but it's bad. And um, that's another thing, too. It's like shows about, look how crazy these young people are. They're having anal sex and doing fucking fentanyl. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. Okay? I don't give a shit. I accidentally snorted heroin because I thought it was meth. That's what I did in high school. And then I got up, went to school because I was the head of the drill rifle drill team in ROTC in high school. And I fucking showed up and went to a competition, just crank sweating the whole time. Oh my god! All right, and I had a and I had a fucking job and I had a full time meth habit. You know how I afforded that because I had a job. Okay, I'm I'm done with. Like, let's watch rich people with rich people problems. That only worked in the 80s, okay? That only works in Breakfast Club. That only fucking works in, uh, I don't know, Pretty in Pink. 
okay, doesn't work now because rich now is different than rich then. Because rich then, everyone was kind of on the same level to a certain point, okay? Like now it's like everyone's rich. Everyone is like slight, slightly, like the poorest person now, this the whitest of white trash living in a fucking trailer now has probably more wealth than fucking Molly Ringwald's character in a fucking Breakfast Club. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't it doesn't translate over time. It doesn't scale. That's something people say. They say it doesn't scale because why did they say that? I don't know. They someone told somebody in a fucking fleece tech vest told them that that's something good to say. I don't bring up what I actually do for a living on the show at all, but like I've been around a lot of like tech people and uh, they, they, the way they talk is fucking ridiculous. It's uh, it reminds me of this Lewis black joke where um, he's like, if you, uh, if you can't, if you can't tell somebody in one sentence, what it is that you do for a living, it's probably illegal. Which is what I assume being surrounded by Silicon Valley fucking like uh, guys that I just I just assume that's what's going on. You know what I mean? My favorite people, maybe not my favorite people in the world. My favorite people in the world are fat drug addicts. Those are my favorite people in the world. But my second favorite people are people who uh, uh, like tech people from the 90s. And those people still exist, like in your in the in a world. And I lived in the town of Uber and Twitter, and Facebook, and Google, like all the big ones. Okay, I've I dealt with people from all of those companies. Every once in a while, you get some jaded fifty-year-old guy who works around all these children, and they're just like, bro. Like, the way they describe, like, pre-dot-com bubble bursting sounds like the wolf of fucking Wall Street or something. It sounds like it was this crazy fucking money was just flying out of vaginas and everyone was fucking riding hills of cocaine to work every day. It was sounded awesome. You know, pre-9-11. Pre-9-11, um, I think that should be a dis- just a distinction. That should be a Netflix category. Pre-9-11 movies. Because separating things by generation just seems a little aggressive. It might make people cry. You can't say like pre-Vietnam era movies because everyone will wonder why everyone's saying faggot and stuff like that. Because that's what people said. They said that in movies. It was in there all the time. Um, and it was and it was said for good reason too. Nasty words have to be in movies that offend people. Why? Because when they say those words, you're like, oh, you're that character. It's kind of like having big, greased up, oily guys be heroes and things because you can point at them and go, that must be the hero, the big, blonde, yoked, tan guy. And then the evil guy is the one dressed all in black who's going, <laughs> it sounds childish and rudimentary but believe me it it tells a compelling story uh if you haven't seen and this was on a previous episode if you have not seen ralph bakshi's fire and ice it's fucking fantastic you don't even need sound to watch it which 
is another thing that I really, that should be its own genre. It should be a genre. It should be called uh, uh, modern day silent films. It's like, it's why Parasite is such a fucking beloved film. It's like, it's a Korean film, but it's huge in English speaking countries. Why? Because you can watch the movie without sound and know exactly what's going on. Not only do you know what's going on, but it's presented in a way that's so spectacular and beautiful that you can't help, you can't look away. Okay, that's that's the sign of a fucking good movie. And uh, point being, I'm not going to watch a movie with Zendaya. Okay, sorry, it's not going to happen. I think it's because she looks too much like people I've dated in the past and it just pisses me off. You know you know what? She's the Rod Stewart of movies. I don't like Rod Stewart. I don't like his voice. It's grating. It's gross. His face is ugly. His hair is dumb. Um, and uh, where did that start with me? I actually, okay, I know where it started. It was an early episode of, I think, Celebrity Rehab where Rod Stewart's son was on it. I don't know. I don't think he's really a celebrity, but I think they were got desperate. I think maybe they had a celebrity and they dropped out. So they had alternates. They had alternates like it's like it's a fucking Kyle Rittenhouse fucking jury. They're just like, who else do we have? We have Rod Stewart's son. And, and there was, they were having like a therapy session or something. And Rod Stewart's son was like, He's basically like, my dad was the biggest piece of shit you could possibly imagine. And he, and I remember this, I, I may forget a lot of the details of that show, but I remember this. I remember Rod Stewart's son with tears in his eyes saying that my father looked at me and said, you're a waste of sperm. And I was just like, well, fuck Rod Stewart then. What an asshole. Because I have daddy issues. So I was like, I'm with you, Rod Stewart's son. I didn't even, I don't even remember his name. I didn't even give him the dignity of remembering his fucking name. But all I know is like, you know what? From now on, fuck Rod Stewart. And if you, if you think I'm being harsh on Rod Stewart, I watched the video, the music video for Forever Young, the song Forever Young. It's him fondling a redheaded child in the back of a pickup truck for three minutes. That's the video. Enjoy. Probably been pulled off of fucking YouTube because, um, you know, the diddling. I got way off topic. Anyways, Kenny versus Spenny is uh, it's it, oh one thing I found I found out about Kenny versus Spenny, like it's basically a television show where uh, two friends, Kenny and Spenny, uh, Kenny Rice and uh, I say Spencer Rice and Kenny Hotz and uh, Kenny Hotz has a YouTube channel and uh, like he put every I guess he owns the Kenny versus Benny show so every single episode is on YouTube it's on Kenny Hotz's YouTube channel and that's Kenny Hotz H-O-T-Z and they're actually on tour right now uh, I think they're on tour right now as of this recording I believe so I don't think they're coming to the south at all where I am but uh they um they're doing live shows and apparently they're killing it it's great it's two friends who live in an apartment in canada and every week they have some type of uh, uh challenge 
and whoever loses the challenge has to perform an act of humiliation that's uh, you know decided upon by the winner. So you'll have all kinds of uh, strange episode challenges, like uh, you'll have um, uh, who could produce the most cum. Like that was an episode on regular Canadian TV. There was an episode of who can eat the most meat, who can commit the most crimes, who can hold a shit in a diaper that they're wearing the longest. Okay, that was the television show. We've come a long way since Justin Trudeau and his beard came into power. Um, and then the humiliations would be fantastic. They would be uh, like uh, there was there was an episode where uh, Spenny lost. He he. He, he actually loses a disproportionate amount of shows compared to Kenny because Kenny is more of the uh, he's more of the trickster, funny, charming guy who kind of likes to work around the rules and mm, cheat from time to time in order to win. And Spenny's more of the upright, moral guy who wants to play by the rules and win fair and square. He's also very neurotic. He's also very insecure. And it's a very odd couple situation, but it really, really makes the show. Um, there was one episode where Spinney lost a challenge. Um, and at the end of the episode, his humiliation was to lay face down on a floor and Kenny smeared, uh, wet dog food in his ass crack and had a herd of dogs run into the room and eat the dog food out of his ass. This was on television. This was just regular reality TV in the early 2000s. And it's kind of in the era of like jackass and things like that, but it, Jackass was more of like random stunts done randomly, and it was all sort of cut together, very CKY. But Kenny vs. Spinney was a show of like, like it's almost like a game show. Like this is a game, and it's you know the a battle of wits and personality, and um, it has real humor to it. And it, it it's you. I don't know. It's it, you. I can't explain it. You just have to experience it for yourself. Um, what else about Kenny versus Spinney? I don't know. Uh, just fucking watch it. It's great. Um, oh, <laughs> oh my god. Here's another thing about okay. Kenny versus Spinney actually spawned a bunch of fucking copycats. You know, I know like Jackass had. I don't want to say copycats, but like similar type of shows. But like they literally had full on ripoffs that ripped off their whole like, like the opening titles to the their thing, their theme songs, everything. They like straight up ripped them off completely and not done nearly as well because they're just two guys who had just had the perfect chemistry. Uh, there's one in Germany called Elton versus Simon. You know, there, there's one in the UK called Ed versus Spencer. It's like, I know there's one in India and there's, and, and, they're not as good as Kenny versus Spinney. Let me just put that out there. It's um, you would think that the, uh, and I've watched some of the German one, and you would think there'd be more like uh, shit-based challenges, but there's not. It's it's rather boring. So, um, so yeah, I watch a lot of Kenny versus Spinney because I try to watch other things, and it just doesn't take with me. Um, what else? Uh, I'm supposed to watch uh, the House of Gucci on Thanksgiving. Um, I'm going to have Thanksgiving with a couple of, with, with, with my, a pair of my, my gays. That's what the people call them. My gays. 
which I think is insulting to gay people in some way that I can't uh, articulate. Just generalize them. Like, my gays. It's like my cats. I'm going to stay home with my cats. I'm staying home with my gays. Um, and we're going to have Thanksgiving dinner at the house. We're going to have some lovely dry-aged steaks and wine and a whole bunch of whiskey. And then I'm going to fall asleep. And then they're going to rape me in my sleep. No, just kidding. Um, uh, but then they're going to uh, they're gonna take me. They already got me the ticket. So now I have to fucking go. Otherwise, I'm an asshole. But... Um, uh, we're going to go see the house of Gucci and, um, it sounds like something I would never want to watch, but, uh, I was informed that, uh, Ridley Scott directed it and it's about Gucci, the history of Gucci, I guess. And, uh, Lady Gaga is in it, which I think is a terrible fucking actress. She was in, um, she was in, uh, the season of, uh, American Horror Story Hotel, American Horror Story is, is, is a completely different subject that I'll get into uh, at some other... I'll get into it now. American Horror Story, I've given a million chances, okay? And it has everything going for it. It has a wonderful reoccurring cast. It has... Like, it's shot beautifully. It's in interesting locations. And even the premise to a lot of the seasons are good. But then they just shit on everything. It's, it's, I can't, I've literally watched every season of American Horror Story and I'm pissed every single fucking time. And I keep going back. You know what I mean? And, and, anyways, Lady Gaga was in the, uh, hotel episode, which is basically, uh, who's the, uh, the guy who's Quicksilver? You know, Quicksilver from the Marvel movies? He's, he, uh, is basically modeled after, uh, hotel owner H.H. Holmes back in, Back in the times when, like, guys wore hats and had funny mustaches, like, H.H. Uh, H. Holmes had a, a, a hotel that he basically turned into a, a den of torture. Like, uh, you know, he'd have, uh, he'd lock people in their rooms and fill it up with water and watch them drown or f- poison them or shit. It was basically, he, he murdered people in his hotel that he owned. And um, actually, um, I went to this place. I don't know if it exists anymore. And I think I brought it up once. Um on a previous episode, but there's this place in um, Alameda, California called uh, Tiger Blood, and it's a tattoo shop. And if you've never been to Alameda, it's this very quaint little town that's just outside San Francisco. It's connected to Oakland. But if once you're if you're there, you don't feel like you're anywhere near Oakland. But Tiger Blood's a tattoo shop, and um, one of the guys who works there, and I don't know if he works there now, I have no fucking idea, but uh, the guy who worked there... Um, it was this dude with uh, the whites of his eyes were tattooed and he had subdermal implanted horns, <laughs> but he was absolutely the nicest guy. And a friend of mine was briefly dating him. Um, but he had this little museum in the back of the shop where he, um, and it was fucking weird. The room itself was probably mm, maybe 12 by 12. And just, I don't know what it was about it. When you stand in the middle of it, I felt like disoriented, like the room was spinning or something. It wasn't, but just the way it was, I was like, he did, he designed this room some way that's fucking with my mind. And it was, it was, I, I, it was interesting, but basically he had a bunch of like, um, like, uh, he had a lot of like serial killer relics. He had like, uh, he had a John Wayne Gacy Pogo the Clown painting, which there were a bunch of those fucking made. Uh, John Wayne Gacy just was at one point uh, was he was like a 
he was a painting factory. He would just do the same painting over and over and over and over again. They're all over the world. He did one called, I think it was called Hi Ho, which is the seven dwarves from um, Snow White. And it's them sort of like marching through a field. And he did a bunch of identical paintings of that. Well, this guy had a Pogo the Clown. And if you're into uh, if you're into metal music at all, maybe you heard of the band Bloodbath. They came out with a, uh, an album back in the 90s. And the front cover is a Pogo the Clown painting by John Wayne Gacy. And um, the same band also had like a... Was it was it Bloodbath? No, it was Acid Bath. Bloodbath's another band. It was Acid Bath. Um, but that's like a theme of theirs. Acid Bath had an album after that that was... Uh, um, it was It was this painting by Jack Kevorkian um and it was like it was like some guy uh um like marionetting um like rabbits these like creepy rabbits and shit it was I don't know they had a whole serial killer thing going that's another thing that we don't have nowadays that we used to have back in the day serial killers remember serial killers there's no fucking serial killers anymore does anyone else think that's strange? There's no serial killers? Really? There's no serial killers. Because back in the day, you could literally write a fucking serial killer and they would write you back. They were on television. They were fucking interviewing people. Fucking Geraldo Rivera, who somehow has a job at Fox, used to just interview... He interviewed Charles fucking Manson. Like, like can we... Can we get Anderson Cooper's narrow ass to fucking go interview uh, Scott Peterson or something? There's there's these... Look, the world needs serial killers, okay? We need to understand that there's monsters living amongst us. I'm like, have you watched Game of Thrones? It's people living in a world filled with fucking monsters. Literally. And people think it's great. It's like, we live in a real world with actual monsters, with like, and we can, they're in a cage and you could just be like, Hey, can we just, can we film you and put it on TV? And you, they used to be like, yeah, sure. And now that just doesn't exist anymore. Do you think serial killers don't exist anymore? They're just gone. No, they're in there. We just don't talk to them. I remember watching the last Charles Manson parole hearing. It was on court TV and they actually made an announcement. Actually the state of California made an announcement. Uh, it was like, it was on the news. I don't remember any kind of like public official uh, making any kind of announcement. I'm not even sure who was governor then. It might have been Jerry Brown. Um, but it was, anyways, it was basically this thing where they said Charles Manson will no longer appear anywhere on any television news outlet ever again. Ever. And then, like a few years later, he died. He died with a 21 year old wife. Nice. But. It's like that was sort of the end of an era. Like we grew up with serial killers. We grew up with Richard Ramirez and John Wayne Gacy and fucking. And it's like it's like you have uh, who's that one motherfucker, the Golden State Killer. How are we not interviewing that guy? How is that? Look, Netflix. If you want to make money, you need to uh, or whatever fucking uh, was it CBS All Access? You need to just stop making Star Trek shit. You suck at making Star Trek stuff, okay? We should make a Star Trek animated series. No. You know what you need to do? You need to get the Golden State Killer on camera and talk to him like, uh, what was it? Uh, Richard Kuklinski, the Iceman, the Iceman Chronicles on HBO. That's what you need. You need, we need to get back to reality TV 
except sterilized, cold, psychopathic reality TV. None of this Kardashian nonsense or whatever, or Tampa Bay's, my gaze. Let me talk about my gaze. They sucked me into watching a show called Tampa Bay's. You want to know what that's about? I'll tell you. It's a show about lesbians in Tampa and all the catty nonsense and tomfoolery they get into. It's a whole show. And it's total garbage. Oh, my God. There's a reason why every time there's some show about a fucking serial killer or Zac Efron plays Ted Bundy or some shit, why people just... Or fucking, oh my God, uh, uh, what's the one David Fincher show? Fucking uh, Mindhunter? Literally introduced an entire generation of people to Edward Kemper. A serial killer no one fucking knew about. No one gave a shit about. No one could pick him out of a fucking lineup. And that dude, he was another dude back in the day. Tons of footage of him doing like, like, a level of fucking honesty I wouldn't trust with any politician, any f- member of clergy. Like that guy was like, th- 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 somebody asked him a question, something to the effect of like, have you ever actually felt anything for anyone ever? And he's like, the, the, he basically says something to the effect of like, the last real emotion I ever had was the moment I realized that I was going to kill my mother. Fuck, my blood, my blood ran cold. Like, Edward Kemper's fucking prison interviews are terrifying, okay? And it's, I think it's these people say things that are true on a level that we don't want to acknowledge because people like that don't even count in a fucking... Cancel culture. Cancel culture is based on like, you you offended me, therefore you're done. Fuck you. Let's make a big spectacle out of it. Not like, like you don't cancel a serial killer. They cancel themselves. They've removed themselves from society because they kill and eat people or whatever the, save their skulls or put their genitals in a crock pot. Mm. What's a new generation thing? I'm going to put your uterus into an air fryer. That's the next big thing. And I guarantee that's happening right now. And we just don't cover it. And we should be covering it. It's like the the Kyle Rittenhouse trial is is the best thing that's happened to TV in a decade. Easily. Because it's real. It's real. It's relatable. It's not about a white supremacist teenager killing other white people somehow and not killing any dark people. It's it's about it's it is as human of a story as you can possibly get. And Kyle Rittenhouse is not a serial killer. Okay? There's tons of serial killers and they're incarcerated. The Golden State killer, I don't know if he's dead. I'm not sure. He might be dead. He may not be dead. I don't I'm not sure. I know he was apprehended. And I know like what was it a uh, Michelle McNamara, uh, uh, Patton Oswalt's uh, deceased wife, um, did that documentary, um, I'll Be Gone in the Night, I think it's called, where she basically coined the name The Golden State Killer, which sort of it revitalized the investigation in general and, the, and, and ultimately led to this motherfucker getting caught. And um, 
like I grew up in Northern California. Like this dude was on another fucking level. And I think like the fact that he used to be a cop like lends something to that because he knows how cops think. Not because he was a cop, therefore that made him a serial killer. I'm saying he understood the MO of how cops investigate things and their procedures. He would hit one house and he would do things like he would break into the house, tell the husband to get down on the ground face down, and then he would stack dishes on the guy's back. And he's like, I'm going to go in the other room and I'm going to rape your wife. If I hear any of these dishes move, I'm going to kill your wife and then I'm going to come in here and kill you. And then the next night, he'd hit the house next door. Next level insane shit. And this guy didn't get caught until he was in his 70s. This motherfucker was riding a crime wave of like 40 plus fucking years. So it's like, you think he's the only motherfucker out there doing that shit? You fucking think again. Like, he's not an isolated incident. There's the shit like that happens all the goddamn time. I'm like, uh, what was it? Uh, I read something online recently. They're like, you, like, you want to hear something? You, you want to read something really disturbing? Look how many fucking uh, children get abducted every year. Look at that. Children that just disappear. And no one knows where the fuck they go. Hundreds of thousands, hundreds, like Brazilian soccer stadiums worth of children vanish into thin fucking air. Obrigach, gone. We don't talk about that. There's, there, there's just no. I think, I think, uh, who can, who can probably do good with that? I think Amazon. If Amazon had like a documentary series, you know, like Netflix, but Netflix, I don't, I don't know if they would have the balls to go that deep. I think Amazon could. And the only reason why I say that is because, um. They're willing to do weird movies. <laughs> that's that's you know that's my only logic behind that. Uh, what was it? There was that movie. Um, uh, you were never really here. It was a Joaquin Phoenix movie that no one fucking saw, and it's it's basically he's just just fucking ex military guy who just you can pay him just to go fuck people up, and that's basically the whole movie. And it's very, it's it's very. Uh, stark and and cold and um it has a bit of a weird twist at the end but like it's like i don't know i like movies where the protagonist is the antagonist like where you follow a person who's just like a bad person but that's all you have to go on so you're like okay i guess i you slowly develop like a stockholm syndrome thing where you're just like oh this guy's my friend all of a sudden that's why i love fucking bad lieutenant so much it's just like one, Harvey Keitel is insanely charming and, and, and a great actor and he's fucking badass and shit, but it's like, and, and he's a total psychopath and fucking bad lieutenant, but God damn it, it's a great fucking movie. Um, I'm going to move on from excellent, awesome movies like Bad Lieutenant to an absolute, um, an, an, an absolute, uh, 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 Anal seepage blood stain on the underwear of humanity. And that would be 2001's Karen. Uh, I saw Karen the other night. I made one of my gays actually rent it because I didn't want to stain my fucking credit card bill with this movie. So I made one of my gays pay for it. And um, Karen is going to take the place 
of The Room. Tommy Wiseau's The the Room has been dethroned by the movie Karen. It's that bad, but it's also very entertaining in how bad it is. And um, uh, very briefly, Karen is about a a black couple that moves into a upper middle class affluent neighborhood and um, their next door neighbor is this woman named Karen who is a racist cunt who hates black people (laughs) and goes out of her way to just fuck with them constantly. She has a racist brother who's a cop and then eventually she uh, just decides to break into the black couple's house and kill them. And um, with her brother, and then the black couple shoots the cop in the head and kills Karen, and then they get away with it at the end. (laughs) Thank you, BET Studios. You guys are crushing it. The movie is very... um, I don't know who this movie is for. It's the movie was sort of a missed opportunity. You could have made a movie where like you have a racist asshole lady and police officer. Like what like but that would that would take thought and talent and you know uh, uh I don't know you know something like other words that are similar to that to like, what if there was a racist cop with a racist sister that hated black people, but they somehow maybe saw the error of their way and was able to see black people as people and not as and and not judging by the color of their skin? Like, like that movie, Karen could have been that. But if you did that, how are you supposed to hate white people if they're not fucking 100% pedal to the metal racist? Okay, you want an example? Here's an example. There's a scene where the black couple is having a housewarming party. And Karen is like, comes over and goes, oh, um... Like, you're having a housewarming party. She's like, well, can I come over? And they were like, they don't like Karen. I mean, okay. But they're like, oh, you know, it's the party's mostly for, like, uh, uh, very close friends and family. It's a very small event. She's like, well, we're kind of like friends now. We're like neighbors. And they're like, oh, Jesus Christ. All right, sure. Come on over, Karen. Why not? She shows up to the party, and there's literally a scene where Karen explains that black people need to get over slavery, and if they don't like America, they should move back to Africa. That's an actual scene in the movie Karen. It's this like comically over-the-top racist character, and um, I'm pretty sure if a cop breaks into your house... Uh, and you shot him in the head. I don't think you just get off. <laughs> There's no trial in in Karen. There's no repercussions. 
you just you can just kill white people and it's okay because you know it's you know it's time for a change because if black lives don't matter then no lives matter which is like that is the thinking of like doomsday cults that's not an inclusive diverse positive uh, uh frame of mind anyways the karen is really bad but it's i mean if you're really really high um you know what karen is really good let's say you're coming off of uh you're on a bender of doing barbiturates and huffing dust off watch karen okay enjoy um Ooh, that's good. It's nice and warm. I like a nice warm beer. I feel like I'm in Europe. Um, I've never been to Europe. Okay. Okay, so uh, the, the next movie I want to talk about, um, I also didn't think was great. <laughs> I, didn't think, I didn't think it was great. Um, it was another movie that I think... I think it could have had a weird twist ending that I don't know it could have it could have really been something it had potential but it just pissed on its own feet and then shot itself in the feet and then um yeah it's and okay, well, of course, of course, I'm talking about the film Anonymous Animals. 2021's Anonymous Animals. Um, it's a movie that is essentially, uh, if you can imagine, a sequel to Animal Farm, George Orwell's Animal Farm, mixed with a soft core feature length PETA documentary, except there's no narration by Joaquin Phoenix. There's actually no dialogue at all whatsoever. There's no one talks in the entire movie. Um, and basically what it is, is it's a world where animals and humans trade places. Sort of. Um, humans are humans, um, but they're treated as cattle. They're treated as, um, they're treated like animals in, in the worst possible way. And the actual animals are, they have human bodies, but they have animal heads. And they don't talk. They, they, they just make animal noises. They bark, they grunt, and snort. You know, they make animal noises. Um, but they have human bodies because I guess the story needs that to be a thing because a pug isn't going to fucking force you to fight another human being for money. Like, this, it's just not going to fucking happen. Anyways, um, the movie has a couple of things going on. One, there's this weird farm where um, abducted human beings... Here, here's, another, here's another thing about the movie. Um, this movie, if it's, if it's a fucking farm, 
and you have like corrals and farm looking shits, barns and shit. Like, why is nobody artificially inseminating women to make more people? Because I know that goes on in a farm. I used to work with this guy uh, who was in the fucking 4-H club. And um, I was working at some job in high school and I was replacing the soap in one of the soap dispensers. And it's basically like a plastic bag, like a bladder with like this sort of like tube thing that comes out of it. And you put it in the thing and then once you close it, you can like push the little pump button thing and the soap comes out, right? And he was like, you see this thing? And he was referring to the bag of soap with the nozzle on it. He's like, he's like, I use things like this to inseminate pigs. And I'm like, why are you telling me this? And I was like, oh, that's gross. He's like, yeah, you got to like stick it all the way inside the, the pig's vagina. Like you got to basically fist the pig to get it in there so you can inseminate them properly. And I was like, that's cool, dude. The 17 year old me is like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I like that minimum wage is $4.25. But, um, yeah, it's like, why wasn't that in the movie? It's like, but, but what they do is they capture people. They capture, like, that's not how farms work. That's not how animal husbandry works. You don't capture fucking, you don't capture animals and then process, process them through, like, a slaughterhouse. That's not how it fucking works. It's more efficient to find animals with qualities that you like, and then you breed those animals together, and then you fucking kill them, and you do it systematically. Like, this isn't new information. I'm not a fucking veterinarian. I I shouldn't have to explain this to uh, Baptiste Rouvier, Rouvier, whatever the fucking director of fucking anonymous animals is. I shouldn't have to explain this. But basically, it's this farm where they capture human beings and they and they bring them to the farm and the people's fate goes one of two directions. They rather get chopped up and put into buckets and fed to other humans that will become essentially um, dog dog fighters. They, they, they become fighting humans. Um, those, those are your only two outcomes. You can rather be chopped up for food or you are... Um, fed other humans, you know, for strength so that you can go fight another fucking human to death so that people who have dog heads can bet money on who's going to win. Doesn't that sound like a great movie? I didn't think so either. Um, but yeah, that's essentially the movie. And I think the movie kind of, I understand what the movie was trying to say. It was like, like humans are cruel to animals and we could be less cruel. The world would be better if we were less cruel to animals. Don't you think guys? Yes. We all agree with that. No one's arguing that we should be more cruel to animals. <laughs> Although that'd be rad if someone did, if there was some random movie reviewer who worked for GeneSiskel.com who was like, we need to beat the shit out of pugs more often. Cause because pugs are fucking assholes. No one's saying that. People basically love animals and enjoy them. And, you know, it's like, it's like, but also it's like, we need them for food. You know, it's like, I know that vegans and vegetarians would probably rather not people eat animals, but I'm like, look, it's rather that, or you have, you have a fucking a jaguar 
fucking uh, uh, clawing at your screen door, coming into your living room, and eating your feet. <laughs> eating your feet. That That is, you know, okay? It's like I've always said. Yeah, so you can rather have uh, Carol Baskin's uh, fucking farm in your uh, backyard or, you know, I, I get it's a difficult situation, but make a movie that uh, at least meets the fucking audience in the middle somewhere. So I don't recommend anonymous animals at all. Um, let's see. Hmm. What else did I? What else did I uh, watch? That um, you know what? I'll talk about one more movie. It's called Broadcast Signal Intrusion, and um, it's a it's a movie that uh, also had um, a lot of potential, but I think it kind of fell short. It couldn't really tie all of its uh, references together in a nice bow. That you know, I think it also suffered from what I call the us problem. Uh, referencing the movie Us. It's just like they made a bunch of really good ideas. They had a big basket of good ideas, but they had no way of connecting all those ideas together in a way that makes a whole lot of sense. So basically, Broadcast Signal Intrusion uh, is a 2021 movie, and it, it's about this guy named James, and uh, he he's basically like a giant... Uh, He's a, he's a big nerd for cameras, video cameras, uh, photography cameras, and kind of like older tech Betamax players, things like that. Like he just knows how to work on them really good. And and he fixes and sells things, and he kind of keeps himself cooped up in his uh, house. And he's, you know, kind of depressed. He His uh, wife vanished some years ago, and he, he doesn't know what fucking happened to her, which is a whole other thing that wasn't really touched on too much, and it's kind of a giant missed opportunity i think uh you want to see a really good movie there's a movie called uh the vanishing starring Kiefer sutherland and and uh jeff bridges before he was the dude but post the post tron and um basically uh uh jeff bridges abducts uh Kiefer sutherland's girlfriend uh played by uh sandra bullock at a at a rest stop and um Kiefer Sutherland's like, fuck, we stopped to take a piss and my lady's gone and she just, he never saw her again. And then he basically just went crazy and spent the rest of his life like trying to find her. And then Jeff Bridges uh, finds him years later on TV. Like, I'm still looking for, like holding up a flyer in front of a news camera. Like, I'm still looking for my girlfriend. Please help me find her. And Jeff Bridges is like, wow, I really respect that guy's gusto. So he contacts Kiefer Sutherland. He's like, uh, you don't know me, but I know what happened to your girlfriend. And if you want me to tell you what happened to her, you have to come with me. And Kiefer Sutherland's like, sure, let's do that. And then Jeff Bridges buries him in the ground in a wood box. And then he's then. Uh, but it's OK. He's OK because Kiefer Sutherland's Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer always wins. He always survives. He gets, uh, what's her face? Uh, the chick from uh, Harriet from uh, So I Married an Axe Murderer saves him. And then they end up uh, killing uh, Jeff Bridges with a shovel. 
So <laughs> the vanishing is great. It's way better than broadcast signal intrusion. I believe it's a remake of like a French film or something. Anyways, but broadcast signal uh, intrusion is basically um, this guy who's sort of like, you know, hid himself away in his fucking house, just tinkering with electronics and selling them to collectors, basically. But then he's coming across some footage that he's editing for, um, I don't know, some news station or something like that. He's like converting like old tape into digital and he comes across this this show that gets interrupted by this like pirated signal and it's like this weird robotic like creature this like person who looks like a kind of half robot half woman and it's got weird music and it's very very strange looking brief uh bit of film and then it vanishes and he's like well what the fuck was that and he finds out later that um that happened Back in the 80s and 90s, it was like somebody pirated into the signal of, um, which is a huge FCC violation, by the way. Like, if you do that, like, you will go to fucking prison. It's like, it's like stealing your neighbor's mail, only like um, their TV signal instead of their mail. And um, basically the whole movie, uh, I know all the references that they're referencing, and I'm just going to go through that real quick. First of all, the movie is referencing... Um, the, this incident that took place in, I think, 1987, and it took place in Chicago. And basically, this guy with a Max Headroom mask goes on TV and interrupted um, a sing- uh, basically an episode of Doctor Who. And then a second time, he interrupted a, a, like a news broadcast. And to this day, no one knows who, who did that. Who, they don't know who the pirates were. They've never been caught. Um, but it was, a, it was for some time like a big to do a whole like kind of unsolved mystery in a way. And, um, so it's basically referencing that, but it's also reference. There's other random things like the actual, the actual inner, the actual videos that interrupt in the movie, um, are, there's this guy named John Bergeron and he has these, uh, these sort of like singing creepy as fuck robots that he made. And, um, some of the videos of them still exist on YouTube. Um, there's one called uh, Halloween Androids. It's a YouTube channel and um, creepy blog. But Halloween Androids has more videos. And it's sort of these humanoid female robots that look like kind of mannequins. And they have like really creepy robotic voices. It's total creepy pasta, fucking 2000 fucking seven shit. But that's essentially the type of video that is in broadcast signal intrusion. Like that's the, that's the footage that comes up. It's, it's basically ripping off John Bergeron's fucking singing robots, which, you know, uh, fuck. I hope he got some credit for that. At least got uh, invited to the fucking non-existent premiere. Um, what else is it referencing? I mean, it's referencing eight millimeter in a way. Cause you got this guy who's seemingly normal, who kind of, goes down this path to find like like what happened to a bunch of fucking murdered people <laughs> and you know uh it's re- kind of references zodiac it kind of references eyes wide shut and it's one of those movies that just has red herrings everywhere like every person you meet is sort of like <laughs> they're lit from below and they're just like can i help you i don't know what you're talking about and you're just like oh this this guy seems fishy like everyone seems fishy is that why they call them red herrings? Because they're fishy? I don't know. I never thought about that until just now. Um, it also even references... See, in the movie, one of the shows that it interrupts is called uh, Sally Spark. So like S.A.L-E. It's like a 
was it an acronym? Is that what it is? When things are abbreviated? Yeah, it was an acronym. So this this show, this fictitious show called Sally Spark, and Sally Spark is basically like, it's basically the show Small Wonder, which was a show about a uh, uh, married couple who has a son, but the uh, the husband is like a robotics uh, scientist, and he decides to make a daughter who's a robot, but she looks like a human. And um, wackiness ensues because, you know, she has like superhuman strength and everyone thinks she's a girl, but she's really a robot and yada, yada, yada. But basically the Sally Sparks character in the movie is basically a small wonder, but instead Sally Sparks is actually this guy who made a wife and the wife is this like robot. So that robot is sort of was mimicked and made into these videos that goes on this fucking these these signal inter- interruptions anyways long story short um basically long story short uh somehow the main character james finds out that every time one of these interruptions happen like right before then a woman gets abducted and he finds out that the guy who made the videos and uh was actually kidnapping uh, a woman and killing her so basically these videos were like some sort of obscure weird abstract confession letter so James ends up finding the guy, going to his creepy Texas Chainsaw Massacre house in the middle of nowhere, and kills him with a hammer and buries him in his backyard. There you go. Bra- broadcasting uh, Intrusion, 2001. Um, if you want to watch it, go ahead. Uh, I I don't know. I didn't think it was amazing. Um, God, this episode was kind of a bummer. I just talked about a bunch of stuff I didn't even like, really, besides Kenny versus Spinny. But... Um... Sometimes that's how the cookie crumbles, and I promise I'll, uh, you know, I'll talk about some things I actually recommend next time around, okay? So uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, This has been the Skeleton Factory Podcast. This is Adam, and I'll see you on the next one. Good night.